CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host for today's episode, Brendan Sinone. Well, I am Brendan Sinone, but I probably need to stop introducing myself as such, Zachary, because there's only technically one person that hosts the show now, because my other guy who would host it sometimes isn't here anymore. (laughs) That was Zach crying, not me. Pouring out for Berg. (laughs) What up, Zach? What up, man? Um, Got in late last night from from, uh, from Washington, D.C., not but, Tecmo. Uh, you're kind of in Nashville and then Washington, D.C. Are you yeah. alive? I need the energy up right now. Yeah, I'm alive. I, I'm energetic. I got some rest, so so we're chilling. But yeah. What happened? What do you mean, what happened? Like, what? why did you get home at 1 a.m.? Why are you tired? You're a young college kid. You shouldn't be flying across the country anyway. You should be driving everywhere right now. You shouldn't be tired no matter what, but you're tired. So, like, what what happened? Why are you yeah, soft? It's just you know flying nowadays. Like any 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 evening <laughs> so flight. Old. No, it's just man, it's it's tough. Like any evening flight is always getting delayed. I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate, but man, it's tough. Um, de- but definitely gonna take your advice and and probably drive everywhere from now on if I'm in the southeast. Where were you this week? Why I was you in, I was in Nashville covering the Elite Eleven Regional Competition over there at Lipscomb Academy, um, and Florida State quarterback. Chris Parson, quarterback commit, Chris Parson, was uh, in attendance and competing. Ooh, that's a good starting point for today's episode of OTB. Uh, but maybe even before then, did you have any plane farts? That's a popular topic of conversation on this podcast. Did you make it through the flight without ripping one? I did make it through. It was tough. <laughs> I had five guys, uh, bef- you know, before um, that last flight. And, man, I, you know, I was about to let American Airlines uh, – you know, hear it and and, and smell it on the last flight, <laughs> but not. Nah, I got there. wait. Just, just to clarify, five guys the burger place, correct? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I almost had a Christine moment. Good show. All right, so you made it. You made it home after turbulence in the belly and just delays with travel. You made it home to Tallahassee to tell the tale of the Elite Eleven. So, uh, set the scene for us, Zach. What was it like? What did you take away from it? We'll focus on Chris Parson, but I, I'm curious first, just the whole setup. Out of all the quarterbacks you saw, like what was your big takeaway from the day? Yeah, I mean, it was just a talent-filled event. Um, I spoke with some of the Elite 11 staffers, some of the guys that were instructing drills, and they said this was by far the most talent they've had in a, at a regional event this year. Um, there were multiple top 247 guys. There was the number one quarterback in the country, Nico Amala. I don't know how to say his last name. Try but, it. Uh, Try he's it. I, I am a La Vea. Okay, that sounded good. It wasn't natural, but I think you got it. It's close. Um, mm. I've, I've been listening to other people pronounce it, so I've been trying to – I mean, it's not super important to me. He's committed to Tennessee, five-star prospect. He's the one that – you know, that there was all the talk about the NIL deal with him. Yeah. So he was out He was out there, and he he's six foot five, super lanky. He's got, like, no mass to him, but his arm – he's got insane arm talent. Um, 
but a super raw prospect, but it was fun watching him. Uh, there were, there were a couple other guys besides Chris Parson that I was keeping an eye on Avery Johnson. He's a top two, four, seven quarterback out of Kansas. He camped at FSU last summer. Um, I think he's a guy that coach Dillingham, coach Kenny Dillingham at Oregon is now, is now pursuing, um, at his new stop. So is that the tar, is that a Targaryen looking dude? Yeah. 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 Sunshine. They call him. Uh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was really talent filled. Um, I had a lot of fun covering it. There was a lot of uh, media guys there, um, and just it was it was just a fun fun environment. It was hot. Um, you know, there were there were arguments on the Nose twenty four seven board because uh, I because I I put in the message thread that it was really hot out, and people were you know getting mad at me because it's like apparently it was like even hotter in Tallahassee that day. But man, something about that turf field or that Nashville heat, it was just it was brutal but um but we got through it and, and it was a fun event to cover poor baby uh so let's get into the chris parson uh performance he did not make the cut to get the invite to the elite 11 event later this summer uh but i guess how did you perceive how he performed well first phyllis and where did he finish zach and then i guess what were your takeaways from watching chris throw the ball um yeah i mean i think uh so like, like you mentioned, he didn't make the cut for the three invites they gave out at the event. Um, the guy, what before giving out the invites, he let everyone know in the crowd that they would be making more invites from this specific regional event mm-hmm. later on once they're able to review the tape because they filmed everything, all the drills and stuff. So um, once they're done with, I think, all the other regional events they have left uh, this year, they're going to be inviting a few more names. And, you know, that that's when Chris Parson could get the invite. Um, but man, you know, I thought, I thought he had a good day. Um, the, the three guys that got the invite were the two guys I mentioned, Nico, Avery Johnson and, uh, Brock Glenn, who's a, who's out of Memphis. Uh, he's a quarterback, uh, over there and he had a pretty good day as well. Um, but, but yeah, I broke down Chris Parsons performance on those 24 seven more in depth than I am going to do right now. Um, but, but a few areas that I thought he excelled in his footwork. Um, they had a specific drill where they had, uh, the quarterbacks going up against each other. It was like a little competition. And basically um, the guy that was doing it correctly and as quick as possible would win that specific uh, rep. And Chris Parson was, was besting the other quarterback in multiple uh, different reps in, in that specific drill. Um, and, I, and I thought he looked really comfortable um, moving. It was basically like they had cones on the ground. They were moving in and out of the cones around them mm-hmm. um, and, and just, you know, working footwork inside the pocket. And I thought, Parson shined in that area. And then um, where he shined the most was his accuracy. Um, he tied for first in the golden gun accuracy challenge at the elite 11. It was like a specific drill. They did um, him and three other quarterbacks tied for first in that drill with 20 points. Um, I thought, you know, besides I think three throws on the day, I, I mean, I basically watched him throw the entire day. Um, and I think three throws, uh, were, were ones that got away from him. Um, he kind of overthrew them. They're all in the same drill. It was basically he had to plant his foot in the pocket, roll out the opposite direction, and throw on the run. And he he overthrew his target like a few times on that drill. But other than that, man, he was pretty spot on. Um, and, I, and I thought he had a good day. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the guys that gets an invite later on. Um, I definitely didn't think he disappointed uh, when I was out there, at least, in my opinion. Was this your first time seeing him perform in any sort of capacity in person? Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen. Well, to be honest, uh, I guess 
he apparently was at that first Willie Tiger Saturday Night Live. Um, so I guess that would have been the first time, but we were not, you know, keeping an eye on him. Yeah, that doesn't um, that, that doesn't count. He would have been what, like yeah. rising but, rising freshman. Yeah, he was he was super young, like maybe in middle school. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is the first time since he's been in a Florida State target and commit that I've seen him throw. So obviously not a game setting, but I, I don't know. There's this narrative on the message board like, oh, he's he's drastically underranked and underappreciated. I always thought like yeah, he's probably a, like a lower end four star prospect, and that's fine. Like he's got some tools to him, and and that's okay. Uh, for the waters you're swimming in right now, and and you can make it work because he's athletic and he's accurate. Uh, what did you think though, seeing him in person? Did you walk away with kind of a similar mindset like that? Yeah, this guy's probably accurately ranked at this time. Yeah, I think uh, the twenty four seven sports top two four seven rankings. We have him as an eighty eight rating which is close to the highest you can be for a three-star. And then on the composite rankings, he's a four-star prospect because one of the other networks has him higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that's the right range for him. But another thing that I want to I note, um, I think the Elite 11 doesn't do a quarterback like Chris Parson justice completely um, for, okay. for his, the entirety of his game. If you watch his film, there's a ton of him scrambling around and making insane plays all across the field. And, you know, the Elite 11 is purely testing your throwing ability. And I think he had a great day um, in that aspect. Um, but but uh, like I said, that's not his complete game. Like, he, he's a true dual threat quarterback. Um, if you turn on his junior highlights, I mean, it's pretty crazy some of the stuff he does. Um, he's like hurdling people and, and making, you know, plays all up and down the field. So, yeah, I mean, just noting that um, – I think I agree with you, like low four star, high three star. Like that's where I would have him. I mean, I think that's that's where he's probably going to end up, um, you know, when things are all said and done, in my opinion. And that projects roughly to be a power five starter. Like yeah. That's kind of what, what our rankings are indicating. So it's not a slide on on the player. I think that's he's someone who projects as a multi-year starter at the power five level uh, if he keeps progressing. So uh, was there anyone else there on the day, Zach, who, who's worth adding a little bit of, of shine on right now, like who stood out to you just from an evaluation standpoint? Yeah. I mean, I think Brock Glenn is an, another guy just because he has visited Florida state before um, he was on campus in late March. And I know the FSU staff has been evaluating him and they've liked, you know, what they've seen so far. Um, and, and I think, you know, he's a good looking quarterback prospect. He, he was one of the top performers in the, uh, spark rating, which basically measures like it's basically the testing. So like the forty, mm-hmm. the vert jump, uh, they did like a med ball toss, and he was the in power the ball. That's the power ball. They've been doing that for a long time, son. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was cool. Um, and he he did well in that. Avery Johnson did well in that. Um, Chris Parkinson's dealing with a little bit of a hamstring injury, um, so that limited him some. He did run a four seven forty. I know that. Um, solid. So that was, yeah, that was pretty solid. And and if you watch the clip. Uh, he kind of pulled up towards the end because um, his hamstring, you know, started bothering him. Um, so maybe he gets a little bit of a faster time if that doesn't happen. But, mm. but yeah, it was pretty solid. Um, and then he had one of the the farthest uh, Powerball tosses as well. So, um, but yeah, Brockland is the other guy I would mention as as you know someone of note uh, from the event, Florida State wise. And he was the third the third inv- invitee, correct? Him, the Kansas kid, and then the Tennessee commit. Yep, correct. Okay. All righty. So did you get any Nashville hot chicken while you were up there? I did not. I had, mm. I went to two different barbecue places. Um, 
I like Martin's Barbecue. That was my favorite. Shout out. Uh, I like that place a lot. Um, but I did not get any hot chicken. I'm not like a big hot chicken guy. Like, I mean, I, I could probably do like the mild. Like there's, I don't know. I don't know how some people do like the crazy like spice ones. I, I can never. But uh, you, you want to talk about plane farts. Chris and I drove back from Nashville to Tallahassee after he had the spicy version of Nashville oh. hot chicken. And that was a, uh, my man was sweating. I've never seen him uncomfortable eating food before. Usually in his element, but not, not that, not that drive home. Did he hotbox the car? <sighs> he hotboxes everything all the time. <laughs> it's constant. <laughs> all right. Too much information. Hopefully Caressa doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, let's move on Zach to, a development that occurred, I guess, Saturday it started. And here by Tuesday afternoon as we're recording this podcast, it's already kind of ended. And that was a potential reunion with Florida State and longtime tight end coach Tim Brewster. A long time, five years. Uh, he joined the staff in 2013, national championship season. Was part of some really big recruitments, specifically Dalvin Cook would be the, the top one. Was kind of a, an alpha dog recruiter during the heyday of the Jimbo Fisher era. And then uh, most recently, he went to Texas A&M, UNC, Florida for two years, currently out of work. And there was some talks about him joining FSU in a support staff role. Does not happen. So I, I don't know if we want to. I, I didn't look at it as like a doom and gloom scenario is all I'll say. Like people on the board and, and some on Twitter were like, oh, no, this is awful. We should have gotten him. Like I see the value of adding Tim Brewster. He's someone who has a, a proven track record. Uh, but at the same time, you just. You have to be cognizant of who you're bringing on and, and having relationships with people. And I don't think FSU staff had a bunch of you know, people who really knew Tim Brewster all that well. So, uh, yeah, I think that's ultimately what happens is you didn't have the connections to maybe get that done. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Zach. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, I think that's probably the reason why it didn't happen. Um, you know, and, and I'm not – so, like, for me, like, I, I wasn't uh, really following the program super closely – uh, during during his time or his first time on staff. So, you know, I, I don't have too much of an opinion on him one way or another. I know he did help in some big recruitments, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, what's done is done. The only thing I would say with that development, I think maybe more significant is that Florida State is showing that they're still looking to add to the support staff. I think he probably would have been in a similar capacity to Kenyatta Watson, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, I think it's interesting. We weren't sure if FSU was going to end up filling that position after Kenyatta left for Georgia Tech. It may end up being a, a different position. They may not add anyone still. It may just be whether they have like someone represents the, the right fit, value for them. But the fact that they're entertaining that and we're able to listen to it, I, I took as a interesting takeaway. Moving on here. Oh, some good news. I'm going down the docket here, Zach. Uh, some good news. Uh, Winston Wright, I can report there's some optimism about his return for potentially the start of the season. And Winston uh, suffered a broken leg when he went back home uh, to Savannah for spring break uh, about a month and a half ago. He was in the driver's, or sorry, excuse me, in the, in the passenger seat. Uh, he was not driving the car, so, uh, you know, not at fault there. Uh, and just a really unfortunate turn of events for him and, and for Florida State. You know, he comes from West Virginia as a guy who had a, a decent amount of college production, probably was in position to be wide receiver one, Exiting the spring, uh, ends up not really being able to practice through the spring. Uh, had that leg injury, so we were not entirely sure like what that would mean for his 
availability in the 2022 season. You know, while Mike Norvell was talking about being very optimistic about Winston Wright and him recovering from the injury and being available in 2022. You still just never know when you're talking about a, a leg injury breaks and, and just kind of how you uh, rehabilitate. But it sounds like his camp, from what I'm told, is pretty optimistic about him being available for the season, if not the season opener. Now, whether that's Winston at 100% or any kind of uh, limitations, yeah, I, I don't know. And I think they're still in the process of vetting that. But, but Zach, just the ability to even talk about him being able to play in August, like I think that's a really good sign for Florida State that, that that's even in the conversation right now. Yeah, I mean, that'd be awesome. And um, we talked about how important that, that portal class was uh, for the receiver room, you know, with Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman, Deuce Spann, and, and Winston Wright. And Winston Wright, I think universally, we all thought of him um, probably as the highest, you know, the guy we thought would contribute the most from that group. Um, and, and, you know, seeing that injury it was super sad. Um, and it, it was super unfortunate, you know for this football team because he was, you know, slated to make such a big impact. And if they can really get him on the field early this season or on the season or on the field this season at all, I think it's a huge plus um, to that room and in, in FSU's offense this upcoming season. And I don't want to paint it as like, this is for sure. Like he will be available week one yeah. or week zero still. Like, that's not what we've reported, but just that there's optimism, uh, I think is what the takeaway is. It's better than the alternative. Right. So that's kind of where we're at with Winston. Right. Um, which, you know, as we kind of transition here, now we're going to start talking about some portal targets and, and I guess FSU trying to kind of finish up its recruiting class here, Zach, uh, as we're here in, in mid-May. Uh, we haven't seen FSU make an aggressive play at any wide receivers or running backs or quarterbacks or tight ends. So any skill players, any players touching the ball on offense, we haven't really seen that. I think part of that, that's the market right now. There's not a, a ton of viable options, upgrades. Uh, but also I, I think it's noteworthy they're not really – reaching to our knowledge there's nothing out there right now that would indicate that hey we're desperate to go and, and add a wide receiver or add another body at running back that that doesn't exist right now so i think that also is an indication of maybe winston Wright's health but is there any name on offensive side of the ball we're getting to the trenches there's no one else right i'm looking through my notes i don't think there's anyone else who plays a skill spot that's really on the market right now that they're targeting yeah, not that not that I know of. It's pretty slim pickings all around, but um, yeah. I don't know of them pursuing anyone skill wise. No, I'm looking through. So, okay, so we got on the offensive line a few guys. I'll throw that to you, Zach, and let you talk about just some of the targets. So, well, and let me back up a little bit. So, for FSU's remaining spots, we have an estimated of three to five scholarship additions. You know, it's not an exact science, but that's kind of worth where we're at right now with with three to five potential names that could be added. Some of that is contingent on one wide receiver, Destin Hill, making it to campus. We'll see. Uh, there's some optimism there internally. Do you have any updates from your last time we talked about that about three weeks ago, Zach? Um, not really. I mean, I basically just reached out to a source regarding it, um, and they had no you know, further information. And, okay. um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll keep monitoring it moving mm -hmm. forward. All right, and the other one is Antavius Woody, the offensive lineman who I did not sign a national letter of intent with Florida State, did a signing ceremony, but it wasn't NIL, NLI. Uh, good luck not getting those two confused. And uh, there were still some things academically that he was trying to clear up. Latest I heard, Zach, is that it's pretty – It's there's still optimism that he gets that taken care of, but right now you're still kind of holding a spot. That's not a done deal yet, so – that those are the two variables uh, that takes us to the rest of the board and the rest of the spots again three to five 
offensive line really is the priority on the offensive side of the ball right now. Yeah. So I think priority number one on the offensive line in the transfer portal right now is the Charlotte offensive line transfer, Dimitri Emanuel. I think FSU is interested. Um, it's been a little bit of a weird recruitment just because of how it seems like it's kind of slow. Um, I know Dimitri just graduated uh, from Charlotte over the weekend. So um, he's eligible to be a grad transfer, meaning he doesn't have to apply for the uh, waiver um, to be eligible for this upcoming season at his next stop. He has tweeted offers from both Miami and Boston College um, since he's been in the portal. He has not tweeted an offer from FSU. Um, in my opinion, I wouldn't read too much into that. I think FSU is involved in his recruitment. Obviously, there's a connection there with Alex Atkins being his former coach at Charlotte um, for at least a season, right? Yeah, the 2019 season, and that okay. was his that was his best season uh, with PFF grade. So worth awesome. noting. Awesome. So yeah, then you know, we got Dimitri Emanuel. We'll keep monitoring that. See if he sets up a visit. Um, and then the other guy I would know, uh, South Carolina offensive line transfer uh, Jastin Turrentine. Mm-hmm. That's how you pronounce it. Um, yeah, I, I spoke to Jastin on the phone. I think just over a week ago. Um, and basically asked, you know, what's going on in his situation since he's been in the portal. He told me he's working through an academic holdup. Um, he was supposed to get on uh, both Michigan State's campus and Florida State's campus this past week. Um, but that academic holdup uh, at least pushed it back a week. Um, I plan to check in with him again sometime this week and just see, see get an update on that uh, situation, see, see what's unfolding there. Um, but, I think, and I just that. to specify, I think the the intel I got Zach was finishing up a class or having to make sure grades are right for a class. So that's yeah, that's the specific hold up there. Yeah, thank you. Um, and then yeah, so I think he mentioned to me he wants to visit Florida State and Michigan State. We know Florida State has been in contact with him, uh, multiple members of their staff. Uh, so you know, those are the two guys in the portal. I think. Am I missing anyone? Uh, those are the only ones. There was a kid from West Virginia who entered the other day, but I don't have any indication there. There's the Arizona State kid that you spoke with, Ezra, a couple weeks ago, but I don't think that materialized in anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's it. Awesome. Right um, now. And, yeah, and then there's the JUCO ranks. I don't know if we want to talk about that. Um, uh, yeah, we got, what, three three names or so. Uh, of. I think it's worth noting that FSU is looking at Juco offensive linemen, just I don't know if backup plan or, or what the exact way to phrase it is, but but Juco guys are being vetted. Gotcha. Yep. Uh, and I don't have them right in front of me though, however. I had it on my phone. My phone's in the room charging. Uh hang on. I know one of them is Makai Lee out of college. Why don't you yeah, why don't you say that for a second while I run and get my phone? Yeah. So Makai Lee, um, Florida State has been in contact with him. He's a six foot six, three hundred and twenty pound offensive tackle at a Coffeeville Community College. Um, he's picked up some, you know, offers since being in the JUCO ranks, FIU, uh, Alabama State, Bowling Green, um, some of those types. Florida State's just been talking with him. Um, we know, you know, they've expressed some interest, but I don't think an offer has been extended to this point. Um, besides Mackay Lee, I believe Quinton Williams is another that they have offered. Oh, that um, was. That was another one. Yeah. I got the phone. Correct. Yeah, you want to you talk about him a little bit more? I mean, I just know they offered him. Awesome. Great scoop. <laughs> um, and then Thomas Le, Thomas Leboucher, he's Canadian. Uh, and he plays, I think it's at Independence uh, Community College. 
And so he's one more that I, I believe there's at least some level of interest in. But uh, Michael Lee's probably the uh, atop that board. There's one other kid I love from the Juco ranks out in California. He's committed to Boise State. It's Funto Akinshilo. Akinshilo. I don't know. Big kid boots his feet well, but I don't think they're in on him. This staff has done a lot of kicking to the tires. The junior, uh, the Juco rigs, they've done it for a while, but really the market's kind of shifted to where like that's now what you're emphasizing. Uh, so yeah, there's uh, they're being thorough with trying to sure up the offensive line board. I think it's the takeaway. Yep. On the defensive side of the ball, the name that we want to focus on, I don't know if we've talked about him on the podcast. I don't know if we have Zach. But it's not to be confused with Josh Newberg. It's Josh Newton, three-year starter at cornerback from Louisiana Monroe. Pretty solid grades. I think he has a career like 50% completion percentage against, which is really solid. Uh, So someone that entered the portal maybe, what, like 10 days ago, a week ago, and uh, Florida State has been in contact. I'll let you take it from there, Zach. Yeah, so we we, you got word last week that uh, that Josh Newton was – you know, being targeted by Florida State after entering the portal for the second time. Uh, we know he's a grad transfer. Um, he graduated from ULM. Um, he told me yesterday uh, that he has taken two official visits so far, one to SMU and one to TCU. Um, I'm told that he is vetting, you know, taking a few more before making a decision, probably before the month of June starts. Uh, Florida State's involved, Auburn's involved, the West Virginia is another school involved. Um, there are a few more schools you mentioned to me, but those are the three that I can remember um, off the top of my head. You know, we know Florida State's been in contact. I'm told that contact has been mainly with uh, defensive coordinator Adam Fuller. Um, but yeah, we'll see We'll see if he sets up the official visit. I'm going to keep checking in with him and, and just see what his plans are. Um, but the plan was to take that official visit, I believe, this week this coming weekend, right? I thought it was Labor Day weekend. Oh, Labor Day Wait, isn't hang you on. Mean Memorial Day. Oh my god, hang on. Labor Day's in September, isn't it? All right, Memorial Day. Sue me. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> Make me see my unpatriotic here. Memorial Day. That's May 30th. You know what? Okay, five guys. Uh so how many times when we're writing <laughs> when we're writing out Josh Newton's name, do you read it as Josh Newberg? I almost texted Josh Newberg by accident um, <laughs> reaching out to Josh Newton the other day. Um, Here's a little scoop for you, a little a little tea, a little Fig Newton for you to eat with your tea. How about that? Because it's Josh Newton. Get it? Uh, Berg texted me after the Newton story. I guess he still you know, checks out the message board every now and then. He hasn't left us totally. He's still in our hearts, uh, lurking around, watching us, seeing how his boys are doing. He said he, was, he read his name as Josh Newberg. He thought we were writing about him at first, too. So... <laughs> understandable mistake so fsu we've talked about this on the podcast before when they were pursuing a couple weeks ago the juco kid who went to kansas state i'm not entirely sure that it was a oh it was a committable offer i don't know if it was going to be on scholarship or pwo i don't want to get into it the jordan wright kid goes to kansas state we get a clear path to play in time there and chris discussed this and i started thinking on it i'm like why are they consistently recruiting cornerbacks still for a position that we've seen them kind of invest. Yeah, they took in uh, Azaria Thomas and Sam McCall. Uh, they took in the Louisville transfer, Greedy Vance. And so like, we thought the numbers there were solid. Why? Why, why, why? I'm going to play this game with you, Zach. Uh, just answer as, as briefly as you can. We're going to go down the line here. How many defensive ends typically play at one time in FSU's defense? 
Two. Okay. How many defensive tackles? Two. How many linebackers? Two to three. Okay. How many safeties? Two. All right. How many cornerbacks usually play at one time for Florida State? Three. Okay. So FSU runs out of the nickel formation about 75% of the time, an additional 10 to 15% of the time they use uh, six or eight, or sorry, six or seven defensive backs. Um, Cornerback is the most widely used position on the defense. It's the only position where you have three of them on the field a majority of the time. So FSU has, I think, eight scholarship corners right now. It's the only position where they don't have a backup and then a backup backup uh, dedicated for each of those three positions. You see a lot of cross-training there with like Kevin Knowles and Greedy Vance working both inside and outside. Bernardo Green is someone who's played safety before, so if there's an injury at safety, like he might maybe move out there. So so it's the only position group where I think you, you don't have the assured like depth of just pure bodies. I'm not talking about quality depth. I'm not talking about the potential drop-off. You know, if a starter gets here, I'm just talking about just straight-up numbers. That's the one position where you don't have enough, like, guys to fill in a certain spot. So that's why Florida State is still looking at adding one more cornerback to have that assurance to say, hey, we're going to have three guys basically assured for each position, boundary corner, field corner, and then the nickelback. So I don't know if that means that, you know, you're going to find a, a surefire starter or like, I don't know if you have a certain baseline of, hey, we don't want to dip down this far to to fill this need in terms of quality of, of recruit. But uh, there is a a method to why they're still targeting a cornerback at this part in the process. Um, anything else on recruiting stuff? Oh, here we go, Zach. Big recruiting weekend coming up in, in late June. At least that's what it's shaping up to be. It looks like FSU is trying to, trying to lock down that final recruiting weekend of the summer. Yeah, um, we've confirmed a decent bit of visitors already for that weekend. Uh, Dane Draper, the young star. Dane has- Train. Yeah, Dane, Dane confirmed that uh, Florida State's going to be hosting four-star defensive back Kylan Webb. I'm told he's being recruited as a safety for Florida State. Um, he's going to be on campus for that June 24th through 26th weekend. Uh, four-star defensive lineman Keldrick Falk, huge FSU mm. target on the on the defensive line, is also going to be in that weekend. And we, we've confirmed a bunch of other guys. I, I think they're probably listed on the uh, official visits page on our site. Um, if not, we'll get Chris on that um, very, <laughs> very quickly. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll fix that really, really uh, promptly. Um, Cause that's his text, baby. Text but, him and let him know right now. What's up with just no passive aggressively. Here's what you got to do. Don't tell no, him to do it. No. Yeah. What you got. Yeah, exactly. It's how you got to needle him a little bit. It's like, man, what's up with the offer page? Looks like crap. <laughs> it'll get, it'll get my boy hot real fast. Hotter than that Nashville hot chicken in the car ride home in the hot box. Don't do Chris like that. Sorry. I'm really, really cruising for a bruising with Caressa when she listens to the pod. Sorry, Caressa. Uh, okay. So, yeah, it is it is setting up right now. And, and I think in the coming, like, weeks, obviously, there's going to be a lot more information uh, that will come out with who else is visiting. But it does seem like that's the strategy that Florida State is having right now to try to get as many big time names in in that final weekend uh, of official visits of the summer, which is which is smart. It's sensible. Uh, let's see. Going down the docket. That's all I got. Oh, 
I got softball, baseball, ACC track without Chris here. I'll, I'll try to take my stab at it. You ready, Zach? I'm, I'm going to try my best here. Go for it. Okay, so first off, a round of applause for softball. Yeah, that's right. They won the ACC tournament, finished the regular season 52-5, and and they're rewarded with the number two national seed for the NCAA tournament. The Seminoles will host a number two regional seed, Mississippi State. They were 33-24, and as well as number three regional seed, USF. Uh, they finished third in the AAC. And then number four regional seed, Howard. They were 31-22. and uh, so Mississippi State, I think, was 11th, 10th, to, uh, 11th in the SEC standings, but also had some big upset wins. I think they beat Alabama, which is a powerhouse. So, like, a team that's capable. USF has an ace pitcher, according to Chris Nee. Uh, so there are some capable teams in that in that regional, but FSU, I think, get catches a break. And not only because of who's in there in the regional, but in the super regional, I think they would play whoever comes out of the uh, Columbia regional, which is led by number 15 national seed Missouri. Uh, Arizona's in there, Missouri State's in there, Illinois is in there. means no Florida Gators in your regional, which I think was a concern. Just those two games this year have been walk-off wins by Florida State, but you get into a rivalry game, they're going to play it close. No uh, no regional flair there that's going to impede Florida State from advancing to the to the College World Series, uh, potentially. So you are you're, uh, have a pretty clear path if you just handle your business. For baseball, uh, round of applause for the Knowles going four and one this week. Mm -hmm. Thank you. They beat Miami uh, two games to one and uh, they go four one on the week. So a really strong week for FSU really needed that. It's funny, like looking at the polls and trying to do a little bit of research for this. Uh, they're ranked anywhere. And there's like four or five different polls. They're ranked anywhere from sixth and one to 23rd and another. So uh, all these games are still pretty important when you're trying to kind of figure out where they're going to be in the regional landscape. Got a final regular season week coming up here. Three games at North Carolina, but before that, a game in Gainesville against Florida. So we'll see if you can end the season off on a high note and uh, and better your position a little bit entering the ACC tournament and maybe make one final push for a, a regional host. Well, I guess that seems unlikely, but I wish I had Chris here to, to confirm. Um, but yeah, it seems like FSU needs to finish pretty strong in order to get that. Finally, one more round of applause. FSU men's track. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, ACC Outdoor Champions. So well done, men's track. Uh, Zach, I really appreciate you clapping there. Usually Chris doesn't clap for me and, and just leaves me out to dry when I ask for a round of applause. So um, thank you. He's not a real one for that. Mm. You hear that, Chris? You ain't down. He's got to fix that official visit page, man. Mm. No, no, don't say it like that. <laughs> I, I'm training you. Okay, how are we going to text Chris after this? Um. Man, another website's official visit page looks way better. <laughs> <laughs> that that won't trigger him at all. Do it right now. See see what happens. <laughs> no, I don't want to. I don't want to. Oh my god! All right, well, what? that's you got to get you got to get him hot. No, he's not feeling well today. But you got to get Chris. You got to get the got to get the motor running there. You got to get him all fired up. That's that's how you do it. He won't ever listen to this podcast, so he'll never know the secret. Chris, don't, don't tell yeah. him. But Chris, feel free to use this. This is my strategy for dealing with my work wife. You take that and apply it to your, your real life husband. Let me know how it works. All right. I made this awkward. For Zach Blostein, Chris Knee somewhere, Hot Fox Knee, uh, I brought it to them. This has been On the Bench. Thanks for listening.
Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.